The following is a sermon podcast from White Ridge Baptist Church. Well, coming up on the screen right away is a picture of our team, the full team. And uh, we had a, a great week together. What I couldn't have asked for a better group of people. Uh, grew in our love for each other. And I know that God gave us increasingly a love for the children throughout the week. And I think for a lot of us, the question starts coming, what's next? How do we keep building this relationship, nurturing the connections we have with specifically the children of Garden Hill? And I I think as a church, we really need to be praying about this. What does it look like for us to go further in relationship with the people of Garden Hill? A number of us who have been there a few times, we've met children who have aged out out of the Pathway Camp Ministry program. So what happens now for them when they're in junior high, senior high? What happens when they're adults? I don't know the answer to those things, but we do have some thoughts, and it would be nice to get people who say, we really want to intentionally be praying and considering what to do. Uh, One of the ideas is that maybe we can start developing a relationship where two or three people throughout the winter, uh, the winter and the springtime go ahead of time and meet with some of the students that are already in middle school or senior high, just to make continue a connection with those students and to say, you know what, if any of you are considering at some point of moving to Winnipeg for school, whether it's Red River or U of W or wherever it is, If you're thinking of doing that and you're in grade 8 right now, we want you to know that we're going to keep coming here. We want to encourage you with that. And we also want you to know when you come to Winnipeg, you have a family here. You have a church that will love and support you. That's one of those ideas. I think another thing is for us to go to Garden Hill and start making connections with the adult population. We don't know a lot about the churches there. We know that there's a number of churches, but we know that they don't get along. And part of me feels that we need to go and and just start making connections with the leaders of these churches, developing relationships with them, and asking how we can come alongside them to help them be the fragrance of Christ to their community. And is there any way that when we come, we could do things together with them so that it helps bring some unity to their churches? That's exactly what's happened in India when we've gone to do the pastor's conferences. One of the biggest impacts is that churches that were once divided now come together for common training. And in that, God has started to unite them. So if fostering these relationships with the people of Garden Hill is something that is passionate for you or that you'd like to know more of, could you talk with me or one of our staff and just say, I'd like to be in a discussion about that? Because I think we need to intentionally be taking steps towards enhancing these relationships. Uh, Today, we are going to be focusing, as Kevin mentioned earlier, on the fruit of the Spirit that is is gentleness, the aspect of the fruit of the Spirit that is gentleness. And uh, for me, the, the memory that came to mind Throughout this week, happened in the fall of uh, 91, I was training to be an elementary teacher, and uh, the first school I went to was an elementary school in East St. Paul. And on my very first day, the teacher gave me the responsibility of recess duty. I think that's a common thing to happen. Your practice teachers gets recess duty. And so I went out, and I was in a grade 3-4 split, but I was actually given the area to look that was more like the kindergarten, grade 1, grade 2, and uh, there was a number of children playing on a play structure, one of those dome play structures, those metal ones, and they can play all over it. And, uh, and there was also a big wooden structure, uh, one of those, like it looks like a little ship, and they're playing tag. And I just, I love playing. I don't know what about me, but I just like playing. So I saw these kids, and all of a sudden one of the children came to me and tagged me and said, you're it, and I started playing. 
And before you know it, there's children all around me, and I have my hand up like this, and they're all just trumping, like, I, we weren't even playing tag anymore, we were just playing. And all of a sudden, one of the kids said, let's put him in the jail. And I was like, what? He said, let's put him in the jail. And all of a sudden, there's a whole bunch of kids, and they're pushing me towards this structure. And I get to the structure, and I'm just not the wisest person at this point. I actually get inside. And all of a sudden, there are kids all over the structure. They're hanging on my legs, and I'm laughing. I'm having a good time. And all of a sudden, I realize I have absolutely no control here. <laughs> and the bell rang, and I, I was freed. They started walking to the door. And all of a sudden, this little girl, who couldn't have been more than five or six, she was walking to the door. She turns around. She comes back to me. She puts her head through the, the little opening, and she says, Mister, you're a lot of fun. But you're, Mr., you're a lot of fun, but you're not a good teacher. <laughs> and that hit me like a ton of bricks. This is my first day. <laughs> and you know what? The Lord, in his graciousness, used that, the kind and gentle words of that girl to shape me. That's a memory that shapes a lot of how I think of what does it mean to come alongside people to, to teach, to shepherd, to pastor. And I thank the Lord that he used this child to show me his gentleness. And so today we're going to be focusing all on gentleness, but gentleness, again, of fruit of the Spirit, this is always something that points us towards God and is empowered by God. And so the first thing I'd want to say about gentleness as being an aspect of the fruit of the Spirit is that it exudes from the life of Christ. If, if you get to know Christ, you can't help but to see that he's a gentle God. He's a gentle man. All throughout the book of Matthew, uh, one of the key focuses is the kingdom of God. And he's known as the kind of the secret king. He's always saying, don't tell yet, don't tell yet, don't tell yet. And his disciples are always a little bit concerned about the pecking order. They want to know where they fall in line as far as this kingdom of God. Lord, when you're at work, you know, where am I going to fit in? And at one point in Matthew 18, they ask him, they say, Lord, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Well, what will that look like? And Jesus calls a, a little child, and he brings them into the midst of them. And he says, if anybody wants to even enter the kingdom of heaven, you must become like this little child. The greatest in the kingdom of heaven are those humble like a child. I love the way that Jesus, just in his daily living, he just gently was able to point people towards truth in a way that was convicting, but also enlivening. It just made you aware that this is the truth, and I want to enter into it. And he used a little child to gently say, you're caught up on the wrong things. You need to be gentle like a child. When I call you, you need to come. That's the, that's the essence of being a person in the kingdom of God. The next verse, or the next chapter in chapter 19, uh, the families are wanting to bring the children to Jesus to pray for them, to put his hands on them and pray for them. And the, and the disciples start rebuking people. They start saying, no, no, get away. He doesn't have time for you. And Jesus says, no, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for such belongs the kingdom of heaven. 
Again, he points to the children and he gently says, you guys have it wrong. You don't understand my heart. I'm not out about being doing big things here. I'm out about connecting with the people and having people who are humble to draw to me to say, I want to invite you into life with me. I want to encourage you today to think of a question, to, to think about a question. And how do you, it's this, how do you perceive God's heart towards you? When you think of God, do you think of someone who's just out to judge you, who as soon as you mess up is, just, ah, I caught you again. Do you kind of feel that he's, he's just put you under a magnifying glass and you have to live just perfectly to please him? Do you think he's like an angry dad? I want to encourage you that that's not how the Bible describes God at all. And one of the key aspects of our Savior is that he is gentle, but he always tells us the truth so that we can have life in him. So I just want to encourage you, think about that question. And if you feel you might have some misconceptions about who God is, start reading the Bible and asking God, show me who you are. Because I want to know you as you've revealed yourself, not as I've been maybe taught by the world or just as I have in my mind. I want to know who you are based on how you revealed yourself in Scripture. So you notice that it said, the, to yours is the kingdom of heaven. We need to remember that our God is a king. <laughs> He's king of everything. And gentleness flows from Christ's strength and his authority. Again, he, he's the king of all things. He uh, says in Matthew 11, he says to those who are wearied and confused, he says, come to me, you who are weary and heavy laden. Take my yoke upon you and, lean, and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. And Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Now remember, this is the king, and the king has ultimate authority. He's got ultimate strength. And he's saying, if you want to have life, if you're stressed out and you're worried, the solution is to abide with me, to come with me. And when you're with me, you will find that I'm quite different than anyone you've ever met. I am completely gentle. I am completely humble. And I want to give you rest. Will you receive it from me in the way I want to give it to you? And the way I give it to you is in connection with me, in relationship with me. So a question I'd have for you based on this is, what lessons have you learned about the king's gentleness? When you think about your life and you think about your relationship with God and you understand he's king, he's got all authority, all power, what he says I need to listen to because he's the source of all truth and all good. What are the lessons about him that I've learned about gentleness? How has that gone from my head to my heart? And how is that meant to be expressed to others by the grace of the Holy Spirit? One of the things you may have learned is that in the Beatitudes, this list of blessedness in Matthew is, blessed are the gentle, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are the gentle, for they shall inherit the earth. Do you believe that? What a, what a beautiful and amazing statement. When you think about strength and authority, is that those who are in Christ, who are supposed to live in his gentleness and express it to others, you've inherited the world. Someday this world will be recreated. And the Bible says those who are gentle, you inherit it. So gentleness is something of great strength and authority. And the earth will belong to the gentle 
because the gentle belong to God. That's the structure of it. Why would we be given the world? Because we belong to God and we treat it in the same way that he's treated us. And that's with a gentle and humble spirit. You know, I, uh, I'm so glad that this world is going to be recreated. I am so glad that God expresses his character throughout nature, throughout everything he's ever made. He says he made these things so that we, they point to him, that we get to know him more. I so much enjoy my walks in the, in the woods. Uh, I enjoy road trips to see nature. Uh, this is the Seine River by my place. This was actually last year. It got quite dry. And I find that as I go through my walks, the Lord always has gentle promptings in my spirit to remind me of things of him. Uh, yesterday, last night as I was walking, I'm walking down the trail and uh, I'm thinking about God's gentleness. And I'm thinking about how I'm so thankful that he's been helping me to understand that about him more and more. And because of that, he's making my heart more gentle in time. It's a slow process, but it's a, a work of the Holy Spirit. And anyways, as I'm walking, out comes this little mouse, and it just about bangs into my foot. And I don't know about you, but my first thought when I used to see mice was fear. As a kid, I remember being fearful of a mouse. Then it kind of turned into disgust. And then it could be anger. If you see a mouse in your house, you just want to get rid of it, you know? And it was the most amazing thing for me. I saw this little mouse, and I think it's maybe because I was just praising God for who he is and that he's made creation to point to him. And I looked at this little mouse, and for the first time in my life, I felt love for a mouse. <laughs> and I thought, Lord, thank you that a lot of life is about our perspective. It's about how you shape our heart and how we live from a place of union with you. And when we do that, it's so different than when I'm living out of relationship with you or not being mindful of you. Lord, I want your fruit to exude through my life because I'm in connection with you. Christians, as, as a goal every day, it should be that we have the joy of the filling of the Holy Spirit. We already have the confidence that we're saved, that our sins are forgiven, that we're sealed with the Holy Spirit. But we need to seek God every day so that we are filled by him, so that we can live with him and for him. And that was encouraging to me. I uh, Thinking about road trips, I was driving to Denver middle of July, and not a lot of scenery on the way there, but... I was learning things as I was driving. One of the things I learned is I like passing people. I don't like being passed, but I, I can let that go. But I really dislike when there's clusters of congested, you know, vehicles, and then one person kind of pulls into the second lane and just stays there and doesn't let you get by. That really frustrates me. And I'm in the middle of this kind of situation, and I'm like, oh, man, I just, I just don't like it when I get hindered. And... Just like that in my mind, it was like, I don't like that either. And I said, oh, Lord, forgive me. How often do I hinder you? How often do I hinder the work that you desire to do in and through me because I'm not mindful of you, I'm distracted. I hinder you all the time, God. Please forgive me for that. My heart just became more gentle and I didn't even feel aggravated with the other drivers. I did pull over, get a coffee, let all that pass, and then go again. But it's amazing, again, how so much of life isn't about the actual circumstances we're in as the heart that we allow God to transform and how we live from that thought life and from that, the fruit of the Spirit in us. 
Uh, for today's scripture reading, I just want you to uh, stand with me, and I'll read for you from Matthew 7, verses 1 to, to 5. Will you please just uh, stand, and I'll read these words. Matthew 7, 1 to 5. <clears throat> Judge not that, you not that you be not judged. For with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you see the speck that's in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take that speck out of your eye when there is a log in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye, then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Please be seated. May God bless the reading of his word. So I chose that as a scripture reading for today because I think when we live in the fruit of gentleness, that aspect, we're less likely to be hypocritical. So just like I was a little bit aggravated with those people driving that were hindering me, all of a sudden God reminds me, Doug, you hinder me all the time. And I don't get frustrated with you. I don't get angry with you that way. I'm gentle with you. I always lead you to truth, but I'm gentle in the way I deal with you. And at that moment, God noticed, helped me see a log in my eye, and he started to work on it. And uh, in this verse here, it's very much saying, man, when we have this spirit of judging people and it has a condemnation aspect to it, that is not at all the heart of God. I want you to hear that. There's no place in the life of a Christian to judge others in a way that makes you feel superior or makes you feel like those people aren't good enough or condemnation. There's no place in the life of a Christian for that. There is place in the life of a Christian to judge each other in a way that leads us towards life when we see sin getting in the way. And this is the part of this passage that most people kind of skim over because it does say this in verse 5. It says, first get rid of the log in your own eye and then you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. The idea is this, is that we need to be mindful of our lives with each other. How do we see the fruit of the Spirit in each other? How do we see sin hindering each other? But when I notice sin in someone else's life more than I notice in mine, there's a problem. And God gently says, Doug, you've got a log that needs to be dealt with. Deal with it. And when you deal with it, and your spirit is humble, and your spirit is gentle, you can help someone else who's having that same issue. And you can help them in the attitude that I have towards them. Because you finally realize that you're not way over here. You're, you need just as much help. Actually, you need more help than the people around you. Because you're aware of the sin that you struggle with. I just want to say this, when we talk about the fruit of the Spirit and we're talking about gentleness, I just put it out here, gentleness that does not promote truth is of the world. It's not, that's not the fruit of the Spirit. At least, at least let me say that much. If the gentleness of the fruit of the Spirit will always point towards truth. It doesn't hide the truth. It doesn't cover over the truth. It gently says what the truth is so that there can be hope and healing. And so I want you to consider, as I consider for myself, Lord, help me to be aware of a log in my eye. And Lord, give me the grace to ask for a friend to help me with that. Before I think of helping others, may I ask for help in my own life? Wouldn't that be a great place for us to start, that we actually ask people to speak into our lives? And um, The next thing is that gentleness diffuses anger. Uh, how many of you have ever played the game Operation? 
or saw it as a kid? Did you own it? If you remember, you play it, and if the little metal thing touches the edge, it goes, and the, and the guy's, the patient nose goes red. I don't know if he was angry. He was. And I remember as a kid, like, the bread basket was the easiest one to get because you could just have to stick the prongs in the middle of the two bread things. And anyways, this is a really good example for me of gentleness. If you want to play this game well, you can't be rough and tumble. You have to be gentle. You have to be considerate of your patient, and you actually have to try to help them. You have to try to heal them. And this is a point here is that in even talking about diffusing anger, that gentleness, the purpose of gentleness is to heal. It's not to hurt. And the problem sometimes is that when we see uh, uh, an issue in someone else's life again, we forget that we have a log in our own eye and we go right at it and we can make someone angry or we, you know, we have to be very careful about those things. But when gentleness is used properly, it's used by the grace of the Holy Spirit, it actually helps to diffuse anger. It actually lessens a tense situation and brings peace to it. Uh, Proverbs 15 verse 1 says this, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. How many of you can testify to that? You've been in a situation where it's just really stressful and it's tense, and if you, if you just say the wrong word, it blows up, but if you're calm and you're gentle, it, it brings peace. I, I want to encourage you that Proverbs are always multi-layered as far as their benefit. So this one I think is pretty straightforward from the first view is, yeah, if you're in a tense situation with someone, instead of ang answering angrily or harshly, an answer gently. I think the deeper truth is that this is very true for me in my life, the way I think about people, the way I process things in my head. And I can realize that if I'm angry, if the Lord gives me the wisdom to think gently about the situation, my heart calms down. But if I'm angry in my spirit and I say a harsh word to someone, I get more angry. Not even about them. It's about what's happening in my spirit. And so one of the prayers is, Lord, I want to grow in your gentleness. I want to experience your gentleness. Help me to remember that when I'm starting to feel riled, I need to listen to your gentle voice. And I need to speak gently to someone else in order to calm my spirit. For those of you in the, the workplace, at times you probably bother your boss get into situations that aren't so comfortable. I just want to encourage you today by a verse from Ecclesiastes 10, verse 4. It says, if your boss is angry at you, don't quit, because a quiet spirit can overcome even great mistakes. And so I'm sure all of you have experienced that, where you've had some tension in the workplace. Maybe it's with a co-worker or whatever, but the Bible says, don't give up in those situations. Experience the gentleness of God. Go back into that workplace. Stay calm exude the gentleness that Christ gives you, and things will work out. With that in mind, God is always about relationships, about helping people know that they belong to him, or they can belong to him, and they can be reconciled to him. He wants us to experience that in relationships as well. Um, in the book of Philippians, we hear these words. It says, rejoice in Christ always. And again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness your gentleness be known to all, for the Lord is near. And the next part is the part that you're probably quite familiar with. It says, Be not anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God that transcends all understanding will keep your mind and your heart safe in union with Christ. 
I love that last part. It will keep your heart and your mind safe in union with Christ. When we're experiencing the gentleness of God, and in that moment we say, Lord, I need your help. I'm bringing my prayers to you. I'm bringing my petitions to you. And I'm bringing it with thanksgiving because I know that you're a good and gentle God. And I need you and I need your help. We can be sure that he hears, he answers, and we can experience his gentleness and his provision for us through our prayers. The example that I'd like to give you in Scripture is the woman uh, who was committing adultery. This is the story found in John 7. If you remember this, uh, Jesus is at the temple and he's teaching. And uh, all of a sudden, these men, these scribes and these Pharisees, bring this woman who was caught in adultery to him and says, the book of Moses says this woman should be stoned. So what should be done? What do you say? Bible says Jesus knelt down and he started writing on the sand, but they kept badgering him, saying, so what should we do? Moses says kill her. Moses says stone her. What should we do? He keeps writing on the sand, and then he gets up and he says, any of you who hasn't sinned, you cast the first stone. All the people start kind of leaving. Jesus then stays, looks at the woman who he's now alone with, and he looks at her and he says, so, so what's just happened? More or less, where did they all go? He goes, I don't condemn you. But that's not, he he goes, I don't cast a stone either. I won't condemn you. But then he says this, go and sin no more. Always remember that the gentleness of Christ exuded through his life, but it it always pointed out the reality of anything that would block us from being in relationship with God. And that's why it wouldn't have been gentle for God just to say to the woman, neither do I condemn you, just go. He said, go and sin no more. Don't allow anything in your life that will separate you from me. The one point I want to make from this story is that when we exude gentleness to people around us, when we're the presence of God to others around us, just by living as we're meant to live, we are not responsible for the outcome, for how people choose to live after that but we are responsible for overflow. And I use the word overflow instead of outflow because that kind of sounds like, well, we can just pour out from us. But the Bible, God has designed us that we're supposed to be filled from him so much that whatever happens overflows to others, and that's what they receive. And so the gentleness of God should be overflowing from us because we've received it from him so well. And that's the last point here, is that the gentleness of the Holy Spirit exudes from the life of Christ's followers. And I want to share with you this verse from 2 Corinthians 2.14. Thanks be to God, who always leads us in triumph in Christ and uses us to spread the aroma of the knowledge of him everywhere. Another paraphrase will say, uses us to help people know him. We need to remember that the Holy Spirit is always at work in our lives. Even when we're not intentionally serving God, the Holy Spirit is doing something among his children. He does something within us, each of us, but he does something among us. And the Bible says he creates a fragrance that spreads. And to some it's the aroma of life, and to others it's the aroma of death. As a church, I think we need to be very intentional about the types of environments we create where that fragrance can be made known for each of us so that we're encouraged in our walk with God, but also that if we bring friends who don't yet know Christ, that they can sense something is different around us. As the Bible says, sense the aroma of Christ and either be drawn to him or repulsed to him. That's not our job. Our, our job is just to live out the fruit of the Spirit. 
and gentleness is, a, is one of those core qualities. My last encouragement to you for this week is that maybe you have a friend who uh, just doesn't know much about Christ and you haven't been sure how to approach talking about Christ with him. There's a movie coming out uh, on the 23rd this week. It's called Overcomers. It's one of the best Christian movies I've seen as far as expressing what it is to be a Christian, the struggle in life that's involved being a Christian, and how valuable, how crucial it is for us to have our identity in Jesus Christ, that that shapes everything else. I want to encourage you to, to take time this week. I, I think the 23rd is out of Friday, the Friday and the Saturday. Just so you know, when movies come out, the first two days are the, are the dealer, make, make a deal kind of thing for the people who are producing it. Because that's the money that comes in on those days is the one that's determined, is this a good movie to go with? Is this a good direction to go with? So if you have any interest at all at seeing this movie, try to go see it Friday, Saturday, and prayerfully invite someone with you. I, I can tell you, I was able to see this a few weeks ago with a, with a friend, and uh, he told me too, he said, Doug, this, is, this was so well done. I'd, I'd, I'd gladly bring a friend to a movie like this. And I think it might be a way for you to gently broach the conversation of Jesus Christ and how you have found your identity in him and how you struggle with finding your identity in him. And maybe that could open up some wonderful conversation. Please stand with me and we'll close in prayer. Lord, we thank you so much that you are a loving God who has revealed yourself to us through your word, through the grace of your Holy Spirit, and that you tell us that when our lives are found in you, that you give us your spirit to be our life, and the fruit of the spirit flow through us, transforming us so others can also see who you are. And Lord, today we specifically thank you for the aspect of the fruit that's gentleness. And we thank you for how gentle you've been with us, how patient, how kind, and that your gentleness is always combined with truth so that anything that blocks us from a deeper relationship with you and others can be dealt with. Lord, please help us, Lord, to receive from you to a point of overflowing that we can't help but give to others what we've been given. Thank you for today, Lord. Use our lives to glorify you and bless others. In the precious name of Christ. Have a good day.